Let's worship the Lord as we sing together the hymn number 40. O worship the King, all glorious above. O gratefully sing his power and his love. Stand to sing. read together some verses from the Psalm 38, our psalm for today. 
O Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. For thine arrow stick fast in me, and thy hand presseth me sore. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger, neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. For mine iniquities are gone over mine head, as an heavy burden they are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long, for my loins are filled with a loathsome disease, and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and sore broken. I have roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. Verse 19. But my enemies are lively, and they are strong, and they that hate me wrongfully are multiplied. They also that render evil for good are mine adversaries, because I follow the thing that, is, that good is. Forsake me not, O Lord. O my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. Amen. As we come to pray, let's remember the mission. Saying to the folks at the, the early time, this is the halfway mark today. One week gone, another week before us. And when you take it from Sunday to Sunday, this middle Sunday is exactly halfway. And there's other missions, at least another three that I know of within the free church. Let's remember the gospel as it is preached elsewhere. We want to remember also the war in Ukraine. It continues. We got word this morning from Sasha that Vika and Yuri had to leave their home at two o'clock this morning because of bombing. I think they hit a munitions factory and everything was starting to explode. It became very unsafe. So they had to flee for a time their home. And then we remember those that mourn. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to worship the King. King of kings and the Lord of lords who sits upon the throne of eternal glory. We come aside from the normal things of life, from the hustle and the bustle of our daily routine. We come from those things that are earthly and temporal, that we might close ourselves in with the Lord for this time of public worship, where the focus ought to be upon the Lord himself, where the focus is not on us or anything to do with us or our family, but when we're thinking about the Lord himself. May every hymn be worship to God. We can give our worship as we sing. Help us, Lord, to sing with joy as those that are transformed by the gospel. We know that those that are saved have a blessedness that the world does not know. For blessed is the man whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. And we know that we have a joy that this world does not have, a joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. And so we pray that that joy will also fill and flood our hearts as we sing together the songs of Zion. 
And Lord, as we pray, help us in our approach to God. Give us an awareness of God's presence to know who we're coming to, whose presence it is that we're coming before, the eternal God of glory, the infinite, the unchangeable God, the one who stretches from everlasting to everlasting, the eternal God that created the heavens and the earth, who made all things and made us. And Lord, as we come this day, may our boast ever be in Christ our Redeemer, who poured out his life's blood for our salvation. Bring us to the cross, even now in prayer. Give us a thankful heart for all that Christ has done. And may we rejoice and boast in the cross that purchased eternal redemption for us. We would still be in our sin if it had not have been for the work of Calvary. We would still be in the road to hell if Jesus Christ had not interposed with his blood. We would still be lost without a saviour if Christ had not come in the fullness of time. But Lord, you did come and you came to be the Redeemer, the saviour of men. And we thank you afresh for the cross of Calvary, the pouring out of your life's blood in sacrificial offering. We thank you for the sufferings that you endured that we might go free Bearing sin and scoffing rude, in my place condemned he stood. He sealed my pardon with his blood. And that does bring a cry from the very depths of our being. Hallelujah, what a saviour. Remember the mission. We thank you for it, for an open door, night by night. As the people have come, we've sensed your presence. We've known the Lord there. You've helped in the ministry of the word. You've helped those who came to sing. And Father, it is our prayer that your name will be glorified. It is our desire of heart that sinners will be converted to Christ, that this will be a harvest time and in gathering of precious souls you've been bringing them out night by night. O gracious God, stoop down with thine hand of salvation and pluck them as brands from the burning and do it even today and in this incoming week. Continue to bring people out. Many, Lord, had said, they would come, have not made it yet. Lord, bring them out this week. And not just once, again and again, until they come to that place where they recognize Christ as Savior. We pray for those that mourn today that thou will be with them, that thou will comfort their hearts. We think especially of the Graham and the Bammer family. We commend them to the grace of God, that grace that is sufficient, that grace that carries us through in all the the problems and difficulties and sorrows of life. And your word tells us he giveth more grace. May that be experienced. And Lord, remember the land of Ukraine. We're still praying that there will be an end of the war, that you will bring peace to that country. And we're praying for those that we know and the Church of Christ particularly there. And remember Yuri and Vika and their children. Remember Lena and Sveta and her family as well. We pray that you'll keep them in safety in these troubled days. Bless our friends that are here. Encourage them in the Lord. They're away from family. They're away from home all this time. But we pray that you'll grant them your peace that passes all understanding. Here, these are prayers we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 518. There's a work. For Jesus ready at your hand, tis the task the master just for you.
has planned. Let's sing it and think about the words as we do so. I'm going to welcome to the congregation here in the church and those that are joining us on the internet. Good to have you on this Sabbath day. Our gospel mission continues tonight, entering into the second week, 7 o'clock in Dalriata School. The prayer time, 6.30. Come and join us in the place of prayer as we continue to come before God and pray for this special outreach in the school. The gospel mission will continue Monday through to Friday at 8 o'clock each night, and various singers will be with us. On today in the afternoon, Rebecca Miller will be here to sing in the school, Uh, Mr. John Porter Monday night, Mrs. Lucy Craig Tuesday night, Reverend Fred Greenfield Wednesday night, 
Mr. Jonathan Logan <coughs> Thursday night and Mrs. Joy Boyd on Friday night. I saw a little quotation of Spurgeon this morning on social media. You recognize this gentleman, great Baptist preacher. Whenever Spurgeon was asked the secret of his ministry, he always replied, my people pray for me. I want to thank you for praying for me every night at this mission and for those that are able to get to the prayer time half an hour before. Tomorrow morning, the mother and toddlers, the Hebron tots, is at 10 o'clock. The school's ministry, remember this. <coughs> we have eight engagements this week. Tomorrow in Balamani High School, the seniors. So just maybe to remind you that with so many schools opening up to us, so many engagements, we are enlisting the help of another. So Greg has helped us, and Christina Logan will be helping us as well. In the incoming week, I'll be speaking at three of these. Greg will be speaking at three, and Christina two. So we would value your prayers. Balamani High School Seniors Monday, Castle Row Primary School Tuesday, back to Balamani High School for the Juniors on Wednesday, Lisligan Primary School, Gary Duff Primary School for Scripture Union, all on Wednesday, and then on Friday morning, our own school, the Balamani Independent Christian School, the Laney Primary School, and Kilcrow Primary School. All this week, I want you to be much in prayer. Now on Friday, and in a few minutes' time, we'll have special prayer for these ladies, but Nina and Katrina are returning to the land of Ukraine, Friday the 22nd. Also on Friday, Daria and Masha arrive from Ukraine. And this is the, the twin girls, 18 years of age, who are coming, uh, fleeing the war. Their city is being bombed continually. So we want to remember them as they make the journey. Saturday morning is the open air in the center of the town at 11. Next Lord's Day, the prayer meeting, 8 o'clock, Sunday school, 10.30. The Bible class at quarter to 11. Phil will deal with what every Christian ought to know about tithing and sacrificial giving. The worship service, 12 noon. Gospel meeting in the evening, which will bring our mission to a conclusion at 7, preceded by prayer. Continue to pray for Courtney Harris as he comes to give us testimony on the 15th of October. And remember the rally on Saturday, the 30th of September at 7 o'clock. This rally is against RSE. And Callum Webster from the Christian Institute will be the speaker. That meeting is in the Martyrs Memorial in Belfast. We continue to remember before the throne of grace those that are needing the touch of the Lord physically. Remember them, please, each one. We'd like to congratulate Mervyn and Rhonda Glenn. I'm told they celebrate their 25th wedding anniversary on Monday. That means quarter of a century. Is that right? Tomorrow, quarter of a century together. Sounds a long time when you talk about centuries, a quarter of a century. And you know, Victor and Donna Galt celebrated their 25th anniversary. Maybe, is it Monday? No, as well. Pardon? It's today. Great way to celebrate anything, coming to church and being here. Amen. Well, congratulations to both of you. Congratulations to Mervyn Miller, who celebrates a birthday today, maybe. 
uh, if everything's happening today or tomorrow. But anyhow, 65, that used to be the official age of retirement, but no longer. Congratulations also to Gemma Halliday, who celebrates her 21st birthday. So these are the ones that have been given to me. These are the significant ages, and uh, there's something special about each of them that I've mentioned. May the Lord bless you all. Making an appeal again for Sunbeams Preschool, an appeal for workers. And as we mentioned the last time, even two days, if you can give two days a month. Uh, there's a lot of children there now and more coming in. And a little bit of help is so essential. Last Monday night was a very special night for those who were uh, graduating at the Whitfield College of the Bible or from the Whitfield College of the Bible. It took place in the Martyrs Memorial and those that were being licensed to preach. And of course, these are the four uh, students, two of them um, members here. This is the group of students. There was one missing, uh, Johnny Jordan, obviously, because of the, the sorrow when his family couldn't make it. But remember these folks in prayer. And then our three students, two of them who have finished, one who goes into the final year. And these are the two that are finished now, ready to serve the Lord. Please pray for them. Three schools were visited this week. We had a great time out there in Dervik, and we had a great time in our own uh, school with the children, and then for the first time out to Kilmoyle. And it was lovely to see our Ukrainian children that were there uh, this week. So may the Lord bless that which is sown into the hearts of the children. This, income, this past week we've had the mission and we had the choir last Lord's Day and Thursday night and we want to thank all who are coming and attending, so faithful. I made a wee appeal on the WhatsApp group. We're not asking for anything except that which you may, may no longer need. And uh, this is a few of a family in the area of Moldovanoa if you were with us this year on the VBS, some of you, most of you will have visited this particular part. It's not the normal uh, colony for the Roma people. They actually left there because buildings were collapsing and they were fearful for their children, but the conditions that they're in are even worse, as um, you know if you've been there. And we're just asking, because I, I did say we might be able to bring some clothes next month, if anyone has children's clothes in good condition, that you don't need any longer. And you know, our children have an abundance of clothes. These children are very little. But if you can let me know, bring them in. There are six girls, and there are four boys. One of them is a little uh, two-year-old that we've added to the list that you saw this morning, who is a niece of this lady. But there are uh, these children, 10 of them, Florine, 16, Alina, 15, Daniel, 14, Robert, 13, Maruna, 11, Roxana, 8, Alexandra, 6, Madeline, uh, 4, and Madalina is 3, and Denisa, the little 2-year-old. So we are remembering before the Lord the land of Ukraine, and particularly Nina and Katrina, who are leaving Northern Ireland to go back permanently to Ukraine. I have a verse, and I want just to come down to the front 
and talk to them, and then we'll have a word of prayer. So we'll, we'll have this microphone for others. But we have a verse of Scripture that we want to leave with you, and I, I hope the translation is good. All right. I'm sorry we don't. Is there a translator who could say something for us who would like to translate? Our translator's not well today. Thank you, Larissa. So you see the verse, Nina, and it is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verse 32. We're studying chapter 10 of Mark now in church these days, and I was thinking ahead just this morning to some verses that we might deal with, and this verse just spoke to my heart, and it says, and they were in the way going up to Jerusalem. And the Lord and his disciples are now traveling to Jerusalem. And there were difficult days ahead. You know, we think of the Lord and what he had to face at Jerusalem, going to the cross, and the disciples also facing difficult days. And it says, Jesus went before them. We'll come back to that. And they were amazed. And as they followed, they were afraid. So when you return, you might be amazed that a lot of things that are happening out there in the land of Ukraine. But you can follow him. You can follow the Savior. And you might even be afraid. We know that there are, are dangers still back in Ukraine. But the little bit there is Jesus went before them. And that is our prayer, that the Lord will go before you as you travel back uh, to your home country and that the Lord will be with you so maybe our clerk, Phil, you could come and have a wee word of prayer just with these two. So, and uh, maybe Sasha, you're sitting at the front. Can you also pray? Okay. want to pray for you and to remember you before the Lord as you go back to Ukraine. These people here will not forget you. All right. And we're thinking about Brian and Annie too because you've been in their home for a long time and it's sad for them uh, that you're going back and they'll not see you anymore okay Father in heaven we do thank thee that we can bring our two sisters before thee this afternoon and we do so in and through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray for Nina and Katrina that thou wilt be pleased to go before them and prepare the way. We ask of thee that thou wilt keep them safe from all harm, from any danger. We pray, Heavenly Father, that thou wilt undertake for them in the days which lie ahead. We thank thee for their fellowship in the gospel, for the time that they've spent with us here in Hebron. And we pray, Lord, that thou wilt be a wall of fire about them, as they now travel to their homeland, back to their loved ones, go thou before them, we pray. Prepare the way and undertake for them, we beseech thee. We do pray for the land of Ukraine and we do ask of thee, Lord, that thou wilt bring this war to a timely end. And grant, Heavenly Father, that thou wilt bring peace and stability once more to that needy place. We just commend our sisters to thee, and we pray that the blessing of God might be upon them now and forevermore. Amen.
Дорогой Небесный Отец, мы благодарны Тебе за то, что Ты нас любишь, Господь. Ты каждого знаешь путь, я знаю, Ты знаешь Тетнину, Господь, и Ты работаешь ее в жизни, Господь. Я прошу благословения на ее жизнь, на ее семью, Господь. Благослови обратный путь в Украину, Господь. Ты сохрани в пути, Господь, сохрани в Украине, Господь. Благослови, чтобы в жизни было все, как угодно Тебе, Господь. И прошу благословения на ее жизнь. Прошу это все во имя Иисуса Христа. Bring our tithes and offerings. It's Missionary Council envelopes and school covenant support today. And we're going to sing the hymn that has meant a lot to us uh, when the war broke out in Ukraine. And uh, we sang it here, and they were singing it in Ukraine just to remind Nina and Karina that the Lord will hold you fast. And it's always good to maybe for the timing purposes, Rebecca, if you could help us out. We appreciate that. All right. You're, you're better than me at this timing, so you wouldn't, wouldn't come up. Thank you. You keep us in tune now. Come up here. You can see the words here. Okay.
you turn with me in God's Word, please, to Amos chapter 3? And I'm going to read just my, my text. It's verse 12. We've been in the Gospel of Mark, but we're just stepping aside in this middle part of the mission to consider this verse, (coughs) and I trust that God will speak. Thus saith the Lord, as the shepherd taketh out of the mouth of the lion two legs or a piece of an ear, so shall the children of Israel be taken out that dwell in Samaria in the corner of a bed and in Damascus in a couch. And particularly, the little phrase, two legs or a piece of an ear. That's what I want to speak about. But before we do that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the worthy name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we continue before Thee. We come now to Your precious Word, an important time for us all in light of the mission starting back again for another week. Go before us. Help us to follow after. Remember Nina and Karina as well. You know all that is before them this week. We just commend them again to the grace of God. Sit with us now in these minutes and do our hearts good. Open, Lord, our minds and open our hearts to the things of God. We pray that we'll hear from the Lord just now in his word for Jesus' sake. Amen. We keep our text before us as the shepherd taketh out of the mouth of the lion two legs or a piece of an ear. It is the instinct of a lion to attack and to devour its prey. It's a very powerfully built muscular cat. It's the strongest, as you know, of the animal kingdom. A fully developed lion can grow up to 10 feet in length. A lion will set upon and destroy whole flocks. He is a great enemy to sheep and to lambs. And I'm sure that most of you have seen nature programs. And so you know what I'm talking about. You've seen them lurking. You've seen them attacking You've seen them devouring and what they do to other animals. Amos visualizes a lamb set upon by a lion. The lamb is almost completely devoured. And the shepherd has gone out after the lamb, but he's not able to save the lamb. It is sorely overpowered and half devoured. But the shepherd rescues what he can. He retrieves two legs or a piece of an ear. Now, the legs are the last pieces to be eaten by the lion. And a bit of an ear, which is considerably uh, less, is not very savory even to the lion. So it's not much And really you could say it's a salvage job just to get back that little bit of the lamb that the shepherd can. 
Now, the picture is rather striking. It is used to describe what happens to the Israelites of the northern kingdom in a time of great oppression and suffering. The lion is a picture of the Assyrian king who comes against Israel. The lamb is a picture of the children of Israel and what the Assyrian king does to that kingdom. And the shepherd is the Lord himself who comes to retrieve what he can. The Lord tells us of how things will go for Israel. If you look back at the previous verse, verse 11, Therefore thus saith the Lord God, An adversary there shall be, even round about the land. And he shall bring down thy strength from thee, and thy palaces shall be spoiled. So Israel is going to be greatly humiliated and devastated. She will be laid low, invaded, and ruined. Samaria and Damascus would punish her for her sin. The Assyrian forces would surround the land and break in upon them from every side. But there is a suggestion of a remnant here, a kind of salvage job in our text. Thus saith the Lord, as the shepherd taketh out of the mouth of the lion two legs or a piece of an ear, so shall the children of Israel be taken out that dwell in Samaria in the corner of a bed and in Damascus in a couch. In other words, a few, just a few, would miraculously escape. Though the people would be in the hands of the enemy, as a lamb in the mouth of the lion, all devoured and eaten up, utterly unable to escape, yet there would be a handful recovered and delivered, like two legs of a lamb or a bit of an ear. It's only a small part which is retrieved. It's a remnant. And the application is most profound and powerful for you and I today in gospel terms, because the lion is a picture of the devil and what the devil wants to do. And the lamb is a picture of the unconverted all around us and what the devil is seeking to do to them. And the shepherd, well, the shepherd's the Christian. You and me, preachers, evangelists, church workers, Sunday school teachers, children's laborers. The world is in a sad state of affairs. And our land is beset by the enemy. I think you know that. And times are not going to get better. Don't fool yourself into thinking that things are going to improve in this nation in the near future. They're not. The devil knows that he hath but a short time. That's what the book of Revelation tells us. And as we near the second personal coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the devil even knows that more so. His time to work, his time to labor is but a little time. And therefore we can say, without any contradiction, all hell will be let loose against men and women as the devil seeks to destroy them. Days will worsen. Wax worse and worse. Satan is devouring souls. And very sadly, many will be taken 
In fact, the vast majority will be taken by him as captives, and they will remain under his control, and they will find it impossible to escape from him or break free from his power. The vast majority will be devoured by the great adversary. He will eat them up as prey. Because the Bible tells me, wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. So you and I are on a salvage mission. We are to do what we can by the grace of God to deliver some, to bring some out of the jaws of the devil. We are to get them to Christ. And that's so important at this mission time, while the opportunity is given and while people will come perhaps to a mission quicker than they will to a Sunday service. Thinking about the vast majority of the ungodly out there in the town of Balamone. So let's think about the subject here, two legs, a piece of an ear, whatever it might be, and the overall subject, rescuing souls from the jaws of the lion. Now, notice first of all the description of the enemy. He's described here as a lion. And there's no doubt that the lion is a fitting description of the devil. It's a Bible description. Peter warned the people of God in his day, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. I know that some will say, well, Jesus Christ is also likened unto a lion, and that is true. This title has been employed to portray the strength, the power, the dominion of the one who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. The lion is the strongest of animals. The lion is the king of beasts. And Jesus Christ is the strongest of all. And praise God, he is the king of all. But there are characteristics belonging to the lion which fit the personality of the devil in a most apt fashion. The lion is bold. The lion is stony-hearted. The lion is a praying beast. It's a ravening beast. It is stubborn. It is cruel. It is frightening. And the nature of the lion most suitably sets forth the evil works of Satan. You maybe know that Satan has been given four animal titles in the Scripture, setting forth his aim, an object against mankind. And I'm sure immediately you're going to get all four, just like that. Anybody think of any of the, the titles given to the devil, one of the animal titles? You've got the lion, we've mentioned that one. What about the beginning of time? The serpent right at the beginning of time. And I think that that description of the serpent denotes his subtlety, his wiliness. Have you got another? You need to shout just one at a time. The dragon, last book of the Bible, and I think the dragon uh, will denote his savagery. Now, the other one might be just a little bit more difficult but you're going to get it, aren't you? Parable of the sower. 
and this particular animal swoops down to take away the seed. It's the fowl of the air. It's the bird. And the bird, of course, or the fowl of the air will denote the swiftness. So you put these titles together, a serpent to note the subtlety of the devil, a bird to note the swiftness of the devil, a dragon to note the savagery of the devil, and here the lion to note his strength. The devil is strong. Think of the lion's powerful, muscular body. Think of his paws. Think of his teeth. Satan exercises great power and authority in this world. Not over the redeemed people of God, but over the unconverted. Now, they may not like to look at it this way. They may not like to see that the devil exercises sway over them. But if they do not belong to Christ, they are under one other dominion. There's only another dominion. You're either under the dominion of God, the blessed Christ in his kingdom, serving the Lord, or the other dominion, and that's the dominion of the devil. There's there's no middle ground. There's no other place that you can be. Even the religious people of the days of Christ were told by the Savior, ye are of your father the devil, and the works of your father ye will do. And men may not like to see it that way. They may not like to admit it. But if they don't belong to Christ, they are under the domain of the evil one. And Satan exercises great power and authority. According to Jesus Christ, when a soul is drawn to salvation and forgiven, he is turned, listen to it, from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. That's what happens in conversion. You're brought brought from the darkness of sin to the light of the gospel. You're brought from the power of Satan who you served, under whose control you were, to come unto God and submit under his authority. The great Puritan Thomas Adams, he said, great conquerors have been chronicled for victories and extension of their kingdoms. Satan is beyond them all. Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands, but Satan his millions. He that fights with an enemy whom nothing but blood can pacify will give him no advantage. And that is so. Satan is a terrible foe to be reckoned with. And we're not to be ignorant of that. We're not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. Here is the description of the enemy, of the devil. He's a lion. But I want you to notice, secondly, the devouring of the lamb. The lamb here is in the mouth of the lion. And the lamb might very well represent the Christian. We are the sheep of God's pasture, aren't we? Jesus is the great and the good and the chief shepherd. He has given his life for his sheep. And we hear his voice and we follow him. We can say, as we were singing this morning, at the early season of prayer, I have a shepherd, one I love so well, because you and I that are saved by God's grace, we are the sheep of God's pasture, and our God, our Savior, is our shepherd. The lamb might more particularly represent the weak and the vulnerable, the young and the new convert. 
somebody who's just recently come to know the Lord, and this bloodthirsty lion is out to eat up the lamb. That's what's happening here. And we're not to be ignorant of that either. Peter describes the objective of the devil towards the people of God in the text that I mentioned in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. He's the roaring lion who walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And that word devour is the word that means swallow up. He doesn't want to lightly injure people. He wants to swallow them up. He wants to destroy them, to devour them if he possibly can. And we know that the devil is out to do that. He's the slanderer of God's people. That's what he did with Job, isn't it? Slandered the person of Job before God in Job chapter 1. He's also the accuser, the accuser of the brethren, and he will accuse God's people as well. He's the great dragon, as we've mentioned. He's out there to breathe out his fire against society, against God's people. He's also the resistor in prayer. You think about that? There is a picture that is given to us of Joshua the high priest, and he's before the Lord, and he's before the Lord serving God, and particularly he's in the place of intercession and prayer. And who's there? The devil's there. And what's the devil doing? He's resisting him. Standing at his right hand, the Bible says, to resist him every step of the way. And we know this, don't we? If you're truly a child of God, you will know how the devil resists you in the place of prayer. When you try to come aside at home and spend time with the Lord, there's resistance there. The devil will keep you from prayer. The devil will shorten your prayers. He will step into your life and take prayer away altogether if he can. And certainly he'll do that when it comes to the prayer meetings of the church. He will resist you every step of the way. I tell you, if there's one place the devil doesn't want you to be at this mission time, it's at the prayer meeting. Don't need to remind you, the prayer house is the powerhouse of the church. That's where the business is done. And Satan will stand by your right hand to keep you from the prayer meeting. Thursday night, Sunday morning, any other prayer meeting, and especially half an hour before the services. He'll say, just you walk into the mission. If you go to the mission, just walk in. Don't bother going to the place of prayer. Why? Because he is the lion. He is there to devour you, the accuser of the brethren, the slanderer of God's people, and the resister in the place of prayer. We should be praying for one another, brethren and sisters, not criticizing each other or condemning each other. It's an awful thing when you hear Christians criticizing other Christians. We should be praying for each other. And we should be interceding for our young people, not criticizing them unnecessarily when they go astray, and they do go astray, and they break our hearts when they go astray. I would ask those who criticize young people who have fallen, have you prayed for them? And if you haven't, you have no right. You have no right to criticize them. Your first duty as a Christian is to take them upon your heart and to remember them before the Lord. Oh, yes, we loathe to see them 
walking away from God and going down a road that leads them to sin. But our business is not to criticize. Our business is to pray and to retrieve them and get them back, walking with the Lord again. Satan desired, you remember, to sift Peter. Behold, Satan hath desired to have you, Jesus said to him, that he might sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you. I'm so glad to know that Christ prays for me when the devil comes to sift me as wheat, to devour me, to destroy me if he can. But the lamb can fittingly represent the lost and the perishing. Sinners are likened unto sheep that have gone astray, wandering in sin, wandering on the mountains, wild and bare. Jesus viewed the unconverted Jews of his day as scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. He called the Jewish nation the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And the parable of the lost sheep is, is a most vivid application here. Sinners that have gone astray, gone out into the mountains, just like that sheep did in Luke chapter 15. Consider Satan's aim towards the unconverted. He's out to blind them. If Satan can keep you, if he can first of all blind you and keep you in that blind condition, he will. The God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not. Why? Lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine in. Satan does not want the light of God to shine into your heart, to illuminate your soul, and to bring you to the saving knowledge of Christ. So what does the devil do? He, he blinds you. He puts the blinkers on. You come to church. You sit there. Come to the mission. You sit there. Be very sure, as the preacher is preaching, the devil is at work, and he's there to blind the minds of them that believe not. He doesn't want to see you see it. This is his work, but not only to blind. We mentioned earlier the parable of the sower. He wants to snatch away the seed of the word. And we're doing our best at this gospel mission to take God's book and sow it into the hearts of those that listen, sowing the seed of the gospel. But I'm so conscious there's another at work, and he swoops down to take away the seed. People walk out without Christ, and they leave the meetings without the Savior. Why? Because the devil is at work, and he snatches away the seed, and they can go home and sometimes have little thought about what they've heard, little concern. The devil has taken away the word. And ultimately, he's there to destroy and to damn your soul in hell forevermore. We better know his intentions. We need to know his aim and his object towards the unsaved. Look at what he did to the, the demoniac lads. And we were looking at this a number of weeks ago in the Gospel of Mark and the chapter 9, look at verse 17 and 18. One of the multitude answered, said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, he foameth, and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. Verse 20, and they brought him unto him, unto Jesus. And when he saw him, and he saw Jesus straightway the Spirit tear him 
and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since he, this came unto him? And he said, of a child. And oftentimes it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. See what the devil was trying to do? What he did to this young man, take him out into a lost eternity, take him to hell, try to kill him in the fire, try to kill him in the water. And the devil wants to destroy and to damn our loved ones. We need to waken up. We need to understand Satan's intention for our sons and our daughters and our grandchildren. We need to understand his desire for sinners round about us in this town and district, for our neighbors, our work companions, for the children of this church. Just rejoicing today, Wesley, that there were 90 children at Sunday school and 17 absent. So we love you to get them all here, but usually every week somebody's sick, somebody's absent. But what, what a wonderful joy it is to have so many children coming to our Sunday school. The devil wants to destroy them. And Sunday school teachers, we need to be vigilant. We need to know that. In congregation, we need to know that so that we can be much in prayer while the Sunday school is taking place, that the Lord will bless the word that our teachers bring and sanctify it to the heart of the young, bring them to know the blessed Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. The devil is carrying our loved ones and our friends away, just like the lion carries away the lamb. And perhaps he's not busier than on a Sabbath day at a gospel meeting or a dalriada in these days at a gospel mission. Concentrated effort is made to, to reach the lost, whether it's a Sunday night, maybe even a family night. The burden of our heart is to bring others to Christ here at the mission, bring others to Christ. Perhaps the devil is not more busy than now. need to know that. I read a little article some time ago entitled, A Letter from Satan to His Friend. His friend just happened to go to church, you know. And it's maybe better understood, you know why, as I read it in an American context. But this is what it said. Dear friend, I visited your Sunday school service and was overjoyed to see that many of your class members were absent. I was thrilled to see that those who came were late or tired and sleepy during the Sunday school lesson and also the sermon. I rejoiced in hearing some of the lessons that were not well prepared and that many of you just did not care. Of course, it is devilish to see some of you leave after Sunday school and not get your souls fed in the worship service. Sunday is always one of my favorite days because that is the day I do some of my best work. I howl with laughter each time I see many of you fail to give your tithes and your offerings. And well, so, so this goes on and on and on a little bit. I'll just finish there. But the point is, Satan is out to devour. He's out to destroy. He's out to damn. He's ruining lives through immorality and lust, through the wickedness of today's media, 
through the evil modern music and video of today, through drink and drugs and so forth. You know, I saw a man some time ago as we were out driving. It was late one night, I think it was, and he, he was staggering. He, he had consumed alcohol, and there he was staggering. could hardly stand his feet. I remember my wife said to me, you know, that man's gone home to some wife, to some children. Probably that was the case. You go down to Balamina. You don't have to go to Balamina, by the way. It's, it's right here in Balamina and other places, but I'm, I'm using Balamina because Balamina is a place that is wrecked and ruined by drugs. It could, it could be called, certainly was called a number of years ago, the drugs capital of Northern Ireland. And think of the broken hearts and homes. Think of the young bodies that are devastated and degraded by abuse. Think of the immorality and the sin that goes with it. Think of the cost to society. And think of the crime and medical bills. Think of the greater cost, human lives and human souls. And Satan is reaping havoc in Balamina. It's no small wonder that he elected such a vast populous area as his main attack. Why? Because in 1859, just outside the town, God moved four young men to pray in an old schoolhouse. That's when the revival came. I've stood in that place. It's now two dwelling places, but I've stood there with the late Albert Macaulay. I've contemplated what God did when revival came. We took the opportunity just to bow our heads and pray that God would do it again. Revival spread from Kells and Connor out into the rest of County Antrim, and Ballymena became a center, maybe the center of power and spiritual awakening. And as a result, here in this province, 100,000 souls were snatched from Satan's dominion. Ballymena is still known as the Bible Belt of Northern Ireland. Is Satan happy about what was done? Those years ago, certainly not. Was he overjoyed in the triumph of the gospel and, and the, the visitation of King Jesus? Of course not. People of Ballymena, by and large, have forgotten, sadly have forgotten. We went to the island of Lewis and we asked people about the revival that was there in, in 1949, and most of them couldn't tell us about it, didn't know anything about it. Well, you can be dead on sure. You go down to Ballymena and you ask the ordinary person in the street about 1859 and what happened in Kells and Connor and Ballymena, and they'll not be able to tell you about it. But Satan hasn't forgotten what was done. And we're still reaping, in many cases, the blessings of the revival back then. And the devil has not recovered from the wounding. There was a serious blow to his kingdom, a terrible defeat. And so it's not any way surprising that Balamina is his main target. May the Lord bless our brother Chris Killen and all that he does, and our ministers in the Balamina church and other faithful churches in that area and faithful witnesses. God help us all to see the Lamb in Satan's mouth. And to see that right here on our doorstep, right here in this town, 
The devouring of the lamb. That's what the devil's doing. Waking up. And then finally, there's the duty of the shepherd. And if you just look at the text again, thus saith the Lord, as the shepherd taketh out of the mouth of the lion two legs or a piece of an ear. What is our, our duty? What is our responsibility? We must go after the lamb. We must, must salvage what we can. Balamani Town has a population of nine and a half, ten thousand, somewhere, somewhere about that. And 80%, and maybe even more, but 80% of the people who live here are unconverted. And the vast majority will be lost in all likelihood. And that's a very sad and, and staggering thought. But we must not be discouraged. We must not be tempted to give up or afraid of the adversary. We must go after the two legs or a piece of an ear so that we can retrieve what we can. It'll maybe just be a few hundred people, but we need to get them to Christ. It'd be lovely to rescue the whole lamb, wouldn't it? Or the better part of the lamb. Unless God moves in a mighty miracle of divine omnipotence and grace, that will not be done. But we must rescue what we can. It's the salvage mission. It's the ones and twos here and there. Maybe a few dozen. Maybe a score or two in a given year. Those few children that will be rescued. The man next door. The poor blinded soul at your workplace. Your son or your daughter. Maybe just a little handful as it's pictured here in the Scripture. But we must go after them, even in our most successful missions. We're only rescuing two legs or a piece of an ear. If a hundred people were converted tomorrow, it would only be a small fraction of the population of this time. Oh, it would be mighty, wouldn't it? We were able to say a hundred people were converted at this mission but it's just a fraction, just two legs or a piece of an ear. There are few regions round about us. We think of MacFin and Balnamore and Bandura and Danaki and Kilirammer, and there are those that need to be rescued, pulled out of the jaws of the lion. So let's go after them. Let's go after the two legs or a piece of an ear. We, we can't perform this duty by ourselves in our own strength because we're no match for the devil. We're no match for this roaring lion. You go in the arm of the flesh and you will feel miserably. But we can go in the strength of Jesus Christ. And that's the key. That's the answer. Let me just quote a couple of verses to you. First of all, from, from 1 John and the chapter 3 and verse 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And then over in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Jesus came to destroy the devil. And so therefore we go in his name. We go forward to do this work with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
with us by our side. We need the Spirit's might. We need the shield of faith. We need the sword of the Spirit. We need the suit of armor. We need the shelter of the blood. For they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. How do we prepare for this battle? Prayer. That's where the preparation is done. If we're going to go out and rescue souls for Christ, if we're going to retrieve what we're looking at here, two legs or a piece of an ear, just this salvage job, we're going to prepare before God in the place of supplication, praying always with all prayer. We're going to say, give me the Holy Ghost. Give me the shield of faith. Help me to wield the sword of the Spirit. Clothe me in the armor of God. Cover me in the blood of Christ. Those are the kind of prayers we're going to offer. And then we'll go out to do a work for God. But we're only going to do so much, brethren and sisters. Two legs or a piece of an ear. There will be a few. Thank God they will be retrieved. Let's go to the work now at this mission time and rescue the perishing and care for the dying and snatch them in pity from sin and the grave. Let's pray. Loving God and gracious Father, we pray that we will be diligent in this matter. We know that Satan, the lion, roars against society, comes against the people of God to devour us, comes against the unconverted to destroy them, to keep them in sin, to blind their minds, to snatch away the seed of the word. But we praise thee that Satan to Jesus must bow, and we must be in the place of prayer. It's the place where we're going to receive the power of God. It's the place where we're going to do battle that we might win the war against the devil. Lord, we pray as we go forward in this mission, it will be prayerfully, and that you will help us, Lord, in these days to to bring others to Christ, even though it is just a few. May we be up and about this business. May we realize that the Lord is able to give us the strength to do what he's called us to do for Jesus' sake. Amen. To the work, to the work, we are servants of God. Let us follow the path that our master has trod with the balm of his counsel, our strength to renew. Let us do with our might what our hands find to do. We'll sing just a couple of verses, the first and the last. Let's stand to sing. Oh.
Heavenly Father, we just pray that your word will be a blessing and a challenge. Help us by the power and ministry of the Spirit to apply it to our minds and hearts this day. May God be glorified. May this mission be a blessing. May we go out to retrieve what we can for the glory of God. Send your blessing. Send spiritual success. Give us souls for our hire. Do a work of mighty grace in the lives of others. Bring them to Christ in this mission time. Separate us with your blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen.